0: What's up guys? It's Mike and Mark here again from lrmonline.com bringing you another exciting podcast from LRM TV podcast where we'll be covering this episode the highlights from the TCA Winter Tour and then also something that we had started discussing last uh, episode but didn't really want to get into it cuz that was going to be a lengthy discussion and we already hit our time limit but kind of give our opinions and thoughts of why video game movies just don't do well in in general you know not just in the box office but just they don't last they don't have they don't hold in you know in the time reference and we're going to kind of talk about some of the um, Different video game movies that just people forgot about, that just never, you know, once they saw it, they just wanted to get out of their, you know, minds and then kind of think about, you know, how Assassin's Creed did and why it didn't do so well and what can, you know, the video game industry and in Hollywood do moving forward to get people to come see these movies because there is a fan base. There are people that enjoy these uh these video games and I think would be willing to watch a movie but it's just not working out and what they can do to fix all that so um let's get into the highlights from the TCA so first off um the CW renewed all the major fall shows except for No Tomorrow and Frequency and the reasoning behind it is that um Originally, they were ordered as just 13-episode runs, and that's how they were going to keep it because the spring lineup was so heavy that they could not afford to keep No Tomorrow and Frequency with more uh, episodes. They're going to wait till May to see how everything falls in place and then figure out if those two will get renewed. But both shows, uh, Frequency was based off of the movie um, with uh, Dennis Quaid. It was in early two thousands, um and that show basically mimics the same type of concept with the movie and they basically said that season one would wrap up kind of how the movie wrapped up. And same thing with No Tomorrow that the premise behind it of uh meteor hitting uh the world and basically the end of the world was coming by the end of the first season um basically would set it up that if it the show did not get picked up that it wouldn't be a big issue, and so I think they're going to wait a little bit longer than May. They're going to kind of look at how Netflix runs with these shows now that Netflix and the CUW have a good uh plan, but um, and then they'll move there. But let's talk about the um renewing of Supergirl, Flash, Arrow, and Legends of Tomorrow. Uh, Mark, were there any was that a surprise at all that they were that co- confident into renewing these shows for a well, Supergirl it would be a third-slash-second season. Um, f- uh, flashes, you're going into your fourth season. Arrow would be sixth. And then Legends of Tomorrow would be into the third season. So did you think any of these shows were not going to get renewed?
1: Um, I figured they would get renewed. Uh, the, I wanted to see how Supergirl did, just because, like we had talked about before, um, just the change in budget and the time and everything like that. I wasn't sure. Um, how it would uh, pick up, really, but I, you know, I think it did well. Um, I think what honestly helped all of the episodes was the um, four day crossover. Oh movie.
0: yeah, I agree. I agree. Um,
1: I think that what because not only not only was it was it awesome, but it also shows potential for what's out there. Um, whether it's just, you know, I, I think if any of the shows are. You know, like Supergirl. Like if it needs more of a fan base, you could always pull some of these characters. Now, you know that opportunity is there to do that, which I really think helped it. Um, the only two that at the beginning of the season I was somewhat concerned about would have been Supergirl, but after the season has progressed, um, I figured it would be fine. Um, and then the other one was Arrow because I had thought that season four might have just killed
0: it. Really, you didn't um, think that Legends of Tomorrow was Legends of Tomorrow was on like the chopping block?
1: You know, I, I, I didn't because for me, honestly, from what I had seen of, okay, so for me personally, the way that Legends of Tomorrow ended season one, it was okay for me. Um, and I had figured that if it picked up a second season off of that, that it would probably be fine. And really, I've actually really enjoyed season two. Um, so for me, for it to pick up a season three, I wasn't as surprised as I was, I thought last year for me was kind of the, I don't know that, that tipping point of like, okay, it's either not going to get a second season or else they'll go ahead and do it. Um, and because they did, like I said, I mean, last season was okay, but I've enjoyed this season, um, personally much more. Uh, than last season, just because of some of the character choices and the dynamics amongst the team and whatnot. Right. Um, so I actually really wasn't that concerned about that, uh, especially with what they've been doing with, like, the villains. I think that has actually helped out a lot, too, because they're taking villains from the other episodes and, you know, crossing them over, which can obviously work for Legends of Tomorrow. Um, and I, I just, I think the crossing over of the episodes is what is really helping all four episodes, right? Right, now. yeah. Uh, no, no I definitely right Yeah,
0: I, I, I definitely agree with you on that. Um, you know, I I, I was kinda in the same boat. I thought Supergirl was you know going just kind of like in your thought process with the budgets and you know could it survive switching from one network to the other were you going to have the same character buildups and so forth so i wasn't sure if they were really going to get that time commitment and let supergirl grow um and then Legends of Tomorrow, I love that show. I like, you know, you know, I've said it is that that show continuously gets better and better. Like you, you have to stay with it. I know a lot of people kind of dropped it off after the first couple episodes. Yeah, I agree with that. You do have to stay. You with have it, to too. stay with it because it really like this this season is so much better than season one. And I thought the yeah, end I of agree. season one was was pretty good, but this one has just gotten better and better. That it's now no longer, um, it's not taking itself seriously like Arrow or even like Flash. It's basically making fun of itself with all the little montages that it does um you know and with the uh episode that we're getting uh with the winter premiere where they're gonna go back into the late 70s and rip hunter is actually a movie director in hollywood and how the movie star wars and indiana jones had a direct impact in ray and nate's you know to become heroes and stuff like it's just hilarious to me and so like this show makes it that it's kind of like, hey, we're a superhero show, but at the same time, we know we're not something like, you know, the Green Arrow or the Flash or even Supergirl. So we're going to just kind of make fun of it as we go along. And I think it's beautiful. Um, yeah, but I was I think, scared. Yeah, I was definitely scared that they were going to get, you know, the, the on the chopping block.
1: See, I honestly, because of how season two has been going, didn't think that because I feel like with season one, I feel felt like they were, you know, they could do the time travel thing, so they were doing it, which was fine. But then I thought that like some of it was a little forced just because like oh, we haven't gone to this time, so let's right. try this. And I think it was still trying to find um what it was, you know, cuz I think the for me personally, and it's once again nothing against the actor or actress um who played the roles, but having um, Hawkman and Hawk girl in there just didn't do it for me. Right, yeah, I think we've um, kind
0: of, you know, gone into because, that one.
1: Yeah, and I think it, it just made it seem kind of like they were trying to make it serious and, like, kind of this, like, forbidden love story. Right, The then, yeah, the it, Vandal Savage
0: was, love triangle thing didn't work.
1: Yeah, but then at the same time it was, like, kind of, like, humorous. And then this time, you know, with bringing in Citizen Steel and some of the others that they have in there, it's just – you're right they're going to time periods with kind of more of a purpose right. as well like you said and uh creating more kind of depth with it like i said they're not just going to a time period they're going to one and then finding out like you said star wars and um indiana jones had yeah. an impact you know so even I, I like
0: just, with uh going to the 80s and doing the top gun theme and stuff like that and right it was hilarious right. to me you know right
1: yeah um, so and once again I think that t- just to top it off once again the, the invasion series just did nothing but help all four shows. Right,
0: yeah, I definitely agree. With the invasion series it boosted the ratings, it got people talking. And it kind of it, what it does is is that you now need these shows to survive because if you you can't have another four-part crossover event like this, this the scale without these shows. So if Legends of Tomorrow was on its own, say like on Fox or CBS or whatever, it wouldn't survive. But because mm-hmm. it's on the CW, because it's linked to the Arrowverse, it survives that way. So, yep. while not the strongest show, I, I'm, it's one of my favorites uh, on TV. Um, it's still it, that that definitely helps it out with the in the way doing the the crossover events like that. Um, so the cw is basically kind of set the only major change that they said that they've got coming up is that um you know they're gonna um the show rain is coming to an end um supernatural i, fr- I forget if they said that it's ins- coming into its final season or not um but they're gonna do a revive a-, a revivement of charmed um not really a show i watched a whole lot of i mean it was more of a Girl centric show um, in the late 90s, but they're going to revive that, do a 70s type theme with it. It's going to be based in the 70s timeline. And then they're going to go for, I I don't know, like this one just kind of is baffling me, but it, you know, it looks somewhat decent. Is that they're going to go with a show, um, Riverdale, which is based off of the Archie comics series, and it's going to be more adult themed. So I never thought in my lifetime I (laughs) would say that there would be a live version of an archie comics tv show or you know that just never thought that but hey the cw keeps on surprising me
1: i think that but you know that's kind of a smart move because obviously with archie comics that's not really like our generation right but like what a smart way to try and pull in a different
0: crowd look the cw just amazes me every year because like every new show they come out with it's like I literally say, like, there's no way this show will survive. Gossip Girl, no way it'll survive. And then, what, makes it 10 years, almost 10 years. Even Smallville. When Smallville came out, I was like, there is no way that this show is going to survive more than two or three seasons. And it made it 10 seasons easy.
1: Well, yeah. and I mean, something to consider as well. Like, you're assuming that if people read Archie comics, they... were probably read some other comics right so if you pull something in like that and they're like oh what else oh there's something based on green arrow or supergirl or flash you know what i mean like so even if they're not even that familiar or watching it like sometimes just being like oh okay well let's watch this it kind of connects it to that and just brings in a whole different kind of demographic there
0: yeah i definitely agree um so other networks uh had a lot of uh Massive or important announcements. Um, Fox—they are doing a re, kind of like a remake or not necessarily um, a sequel to 24, 24 Legacy, where it's breaking away from Jack Bauer and introducing a whole new set of characters. Um, it's going to premiere right after the Super Bowl, and basically, this is getting a lot of hype. Um, this is a, you know, a show that had a massive following when it came out with Kiefer Sutherland, even prompted a a movie. Um, So it'll be interesting to see how well uh, 24 Legacy does. I'll actually be um, watching that show when it comes out and doing a couple reviews on that. Or or no, I'm sorry. Uh, One of our other writers, Anthony uh, Estevez, is going to be doing um, reviews on that. Then Prison Break is coming back. One of your favorite shows, Mark, um, is going to a nine episode uh, run. Similar to what uh, X-Files did last year where they had a six episode run. So uh Wentworth Miller um Dominic Purcell are coming back reprising their roles and this would take place roughly I think they said, you know, was it 10 years after the last episode? Yeah, I they think. said
1: it was like 7 or 10 or something yeah. like that. I watched the new um uh trailer yesterday and um I think uh maybe it's Entertainment Weekly. Uh-huh. I think had a um a write up on them as well. Um and I read that, but it it looks awesome. Yeah, so you still have um you know, Wentworth Miller's Michael Schofield. You have Lincoln Schofield. There's C-Note and Sucre and T-Bag and Sarah. And, I mean, they're, they are all back. And Michael's in a prison in – I don't know exactly where it is, um, but it's a war-torn country. Guantanamo well, Bay. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and he's got to break out. But the cool thing that I didn't see in the trailer that I saw from the pictures is he's got all these tattoos – again like different tattoos though how
0: does he have, what did he like get it all erased and then bring it back yeah me, all right so, so he, this yeah, tattoo so no longer all. works anymore because i'm out of that prison so i need a new yeah. tattoo so, yeah
1: so he got tatted up yet again oh my um, god i mean they're like all over his hands and this and that so i, I would get like so, so lost like, I'm like
0: wait a minute is this the directions oh. for the old prison or is it the new right. prison
1: i can't tell well michael's a genius don't forget yeah so. that's true <laughs> that kind of helps out but yeah so um you know i'm Really pumped for that! I think that'll be just awesome. I um, much like I've done with Arrow, uh, my wife and I have um, watched uh the first three and started season four of Prison Break, just kind of get caught back up with it, you right? You know, like you kind of remember it goes on, but you want to figure out all the characters and this and that. So, um, pretty pumped for that.
0: Yeah. Um, they also made two, um, two announcements, kind of more towards the future um uh, that there will be more X-Files coming up so the the success of the six run uh, six episode season that came out last year has now prompted that Fox is going to look at something around 2018 of doing something very similar again where we'll get um you know Mulder and Scully back together for maybe you know about five or six episodes is what they assume cuz they said that X-Files the popularity of it's still you know going strong today but they don't think it could handle a full um you know, a full season slate of, say, 24 episodes or even something like 14 episodes. So they're going to keep it short, just similar to how Prison Break uh, is going to be. They also, this is more or less uh, not really at the TCA, but at kind of the same time, uh, same timing as that Greg Berlanti announced that the next DC TV show will be on Fox, and it will be focused on Black Lightning. Now, um, not many people probably read or have read the Black Lightning comic book series, um, and it kind of is a, what would you say, a B character in the DC universe or C yeah, character?
1: Yeah, I would, um, yeah, I would probably say that.
0: Yeah, I mean, because, like, he's been I in Justice like, League of I, America a couple yeah, runs. I
1: feel like he's, he kind of gets in there with characters who would be more like along the lines of, kind of like a Doctor Fate or Firestorm or, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, not like yeah not really an a-list or super well-known but
0: yeah um, i mean he was basically created i remember that he was created because of the popularity from luke cage so um tony isabella and trevor von eden were are the um the creators of black lightning um and they were both writers and uh, and artists over at Marvel. DC switches them over. And Luke Cage was kind of the first African-American superhero mm-hmm. in the comic book series. So DC needed a response to it. So they created Black Lightning. Um, which I which,
1: think is what DC is doing now off of the Luke popularity Cage of Luke Cage right. on Netflix.
0: Exactly. Um And so, it's a similar type of concept. Um, He's a vigilante with basically, um, you know, lightning powers, you know, kind of think flash, but more um, electric-based, you know, type idea. Um, This is a different type of uh, hero, because in this series um, that we're gonna get is that Black Lightning's already been a superhero retired and now we coming back out of retirement so it looks like we'll be getting a um, a little bit older version superhero from this one Um, because this one the kinda the concept of it was that he'll be protecting his daughter from getting involved with gangs and so other and then kinda just getting right back into the um, vigilante world and so forth Uh, the other comic book related uh, TV show that Fox is coming out with um, sooner rather than later is finally they're coming out with an X-Men TV show. So Fox owns the, the rights to the entire mutant universe of Marvel and they basically have been focused on movies and doing the X-Men uh, series for, you know, let's see, 2000, so 16 years. Now they're finally deciding to make a full-time-fledged live TV show, and it will be focused on Legion. For those of you who don't know, Legion is the son of Charles Xavier. Not a big shocker that they would go with that. The big shocker, though, that they announced at the TCAs was that this show will be incorporated into the X-Men film universe. So the events that happened prior already will actually have an effect. There will be new mutants involved. Do you think that's a smart move or do you, Mark, do you think that they should have taken more of the route of how DC is doing it, where you have your two universes, your TV and your, um, your film universe?
1: You know, I, I'm not sure. I need to see it first. Um, because in some ways I think that could be beneficial because, you know, I, do I think you're going to get like, a, um, you know, like, a jennifer lawrence or someone on there to do it. no they're not going to be able to run no. for that i would highly doubt but maybe some of the other like smaller the jubilee characters, the wasp or right something like that. Yeah. right use some of the ones who maybe didn't get used as much right um but it does what it does help out with is i once again more of a shared universe but it also doesn't limit the show the way that at least um it kind of has with DC, which I know it's supposedly different now. But you know, we had talked about it in the earlier seasons of Arrow when they did like the Suicide Squad and you had Deathstroke and you had Deadshot, and that was when it was like its most popular. Right. And then they like stripped the series of that because they didn't want any affiliation with it to make that difference. But then that also is what in turn brought down um, Arrow and some of those. And then when they kind of said, okay, maybe. We can't like, yeah, it's not the it's not the same universe, but there you can have an overlap of characters. Right. So, I don't know. It, it gives them a little bit more breathing room, I think, so they can dip into it if they want, but they don't need to at the same time. Right. I think like, so if you get it right,
0: it's amazing. If you get mm-hmm. it wrong, it's gonna burn you. So. I think what they're trying to do is try to mimic the success that Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. had when they incorporated the storyline with Captain America's uh, Winter Soldier yeah. and yeah. the whole HYDRA thing taking over S.H.I.E.L.D. and everything. That. That right. just, so Agents of the S.H.I.E.L.D. was a mediocre show and it brought it into the realm of hey, this is a great show, you should watch it. But the problem is is that you got to keep that up. Right. And yep. Marvel has not done that and so you've seen that the ratings for Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. have actually dipped, you know, really bad. And so they've had, you know, ABC's had to move that show around to find the right time slot. And it seems like Tuesday at 10 has finally been that correct time slot. And also bringing in, you know, its own superhero of Ghost Rider has really helped it out. That Gabriel Luna has yeah. really solidified it. That it, they're not going to rely on the um, Marvel film universe anymore of characters that they're going to create their own. And it it's definitely... Something that's it's helped it out, doing the way that DC does it, I think, is a smart move because because you can do multiple things with that. You you know, if this show takes off, and there's also another X Men show supposed you know lined up as well on FX, then you can do crossover events, and we've seen the success of that. You know, and it can build on its own where you don't have to worry about. Wait a minute, does this storyline conflict with this storyline that's going on in the movies and so forth.
1: I think also with that, too, is it gives you the opportunity, like, if it does struggle a little bit, maybe you do get a bigger name. Like, not a huge name, but a bigger name from the movies. Right. And bring them in as a guest appearance just to kind of give ratings a little bit of a spike. Right. And Um,
0: I think that, like, how the Netflix series does it for Marvel is smart, that they acknowledge that there's these – this the event you know that what happened in New York with the Avengers happened, but they don't go into it really depth. You just get right. these little like things like oh Thor's over in here, oh you know Captain America's fighting here. You don't get a a a, a, a dependence on the Marvel film universe in those characters. Um, so do you think you're going to watch this show?
1: Um, yes, I will. Uh... I think it is one that I will be interested in just because I have always, I've always leaned more towards DC, but for Marvel, I've always loved X-Men. Um, whether it was X-Men, I mean, when I was growing up, I had X-Men, X-Force, Excalibur, like all of the different groups, um, new mutants just. And so I think, um, it's definitely something I will start off watching and give a chance to see, uh, You know kind of where they go with it and what it's about and how they balance characters and um like i know they're using newer mutants but like i said i hope we do see some familiar ones as well i I think that's kind of half the uh, um joy of it the seeing especially maybe some of the uh older mutants maybe like mentoring a lot of the newer ones yeah you could do that um yeah, So and you know, like I said, it doesn't have to be like your big guns, but even if it's like a Jubilee or, you know, um, I don't know, Kitty Pride or someone like, you know what I mean? Just right. Someone that you could uh, use that capacity. Yeah, not Holly yeah, Bear, yeah, Not like, Holly Berry Storm. I don't think that would work. No, no yeah.
0: Um, yeah, I don't know if I'm going to, like, I'll definitely watch the first episode, but I never was yeah, a big I'll fan of Legion, um, the character and stuff, and yeah. I just never, like, because he came out in the late... was mid 90s late 90s and that whole it just that's where i kind of lost the x-men storyline there and i kind of gave up on them for a little while so i hope it succeeds but at the same time i don't i don't know if i'm gonna stick with it through and through i may be that type of person that waits till it comes out um and you know and watch it you know on on demand or something that where i can just binge watch it and just sit through and say okay i'm gonna sit and watch, you know, three episodes tonight, three episodes tomorrow night, I don't think I'm going to be able to um, cover every single thing.
1: I also want to see who or what idea they use for a villain. Um, That's usually what kind of brings me in as well. Yeah. Or the antagonist, whoever they want to use.
0: Yeah, I mean, that will definitely, if they can incorporate some of the X-Men film universe, it will definitely be helpful. Um, right. Yeah. All right. Now moving on to ABC. So their big focus uh, was getting some new shows to to succeed and so forth. Um, but kind of focusing in our genre of era that we cover, um, they announced that Inhumans was basically you know is good to go. It's going to base run alongside Agents of Shield. Now Agents of Shield has yet to get a confirmation for a fifth season. Um, and they're hoping that it does come out the, uh, to be a fifth season because they would like to see both these shows together um, on at the same time. But Inhumans will be debuting in IMAX theaters Labor Day weekend um, across 2,000 theaters. It's going to be a two hour, they're going to do the premiere episode in two hours. So b- the entire two hour episode is going to be premiered on. Um, IMAX theaters Labor Day weekend, and then it will debut on ABC two weeks later. It's a gutsy call. I mean to to go that route because um, you're banking on people number one going to the movie theaters to go watch this. You know, although it's only two thousand theaters, you're it's still you know it's still a big gamble. But then also come back to it two weeks later. So um, the problem with Inhumans, I see, is that a lot of people get it confused with X Men, and I think that. Yep. This is going to be a show that's really going to struggle to try to create its own identity because just the general Marvel fans usually, when they see Inhumans, they think of mutants and the X-Men and they start, where's Wolverine and so forth. So right. uh, this is an uphill battle for ABC and Marvel, I think, in my opinion. Um, so,
1: Yeah, um, I agree. I think there could have been some better options out there.
0: Well, if I, think, I they, think
1: Marvel wants to do that to kind of bridge a gap to maybe use the Inhumans somewhere else. You know what I mean? Right. And, and there was the talk that there was going to be an Inhumans
0: movie. Now that's right. gotten scrapped and now they're going to go with the TV show. And I think it's just... You're trying to copy something that Fox has done really well at. And because Fox won't give uh, any type of leeway to using mutants, you know marvel has used up every single ounce of energy they can from you know their b-list characters and they've gotten lucky that they were able to get the rights to spider-man or at least share the rights to spider-man but after that i mean you can't bank on a lot of uh, more characters coming into the marvel universe and so where x-men could have really helped them out this is going to be a struggle so if in humans yeah. does work out you could see that maybe helping out in the long run but i don't know um I've I've been in and out of the Inhumans comic book series ever since it came out in the uh, mid '90s, you know. But I think it's going to be a lot of a lot of people like that. They're going to watch a couple episodes here, watch a couple episodes there. I think it would have been yep. better off if this was a Netflix series um, instead of an ABC series. Let Inhumans kind of just come out all at one season. And let people binge watch it. Kind of that's you know where I think it would have been better off that way. But who knows? we we'll, yeah. Maybe it'll surprise I think, us.
1: I think it gets difficult too. It's kinda of like you said when you start using some of the kind of B list superheroes. hmm Because there's just they're not as well known or established. Like, you know, if you look at you know, Supergirl, you know, Green Arrow Flash. I mean, especially Green Arrow and Flash are are usual Justice League type members, so they're up there. Even if Green Arrow isn't as like known, and obviously Arrow kind of did obviously a younger take and this and that, but I feel like there's still an idea of who these people are or what they do. Right. Whereas like. And same thing with Supergirl, like they might not be super super familiar, but they do know obviously Superman, and you know, so there's that connection. But then when you start getting more, I would say obscure characters, at least to the common TV watcher, um, I just think it's more difficult to pull them in.
0: Yeah, I mean, this like so in Humans, they're gonna have to basically recapture. The audience that they had from Agents of Shield that they created with that, and then get more people to to watch his show. So that's going to be right. a tough grab and stuff. So, um, last bit of news here, um, not really part of the TCA, it came out just right at the end of the TCA, but it wasn't. Um, is that American Horror Story got renewed for two more seasons, and just kind of proving the point that anthology TV shows are kind of the the new. Um, the new kind of sitcom or you know drama series that we like to see that we don't we're kind of breaking away from the continual you know multiple seasons of the same characters that we want to see different stories different years and so forth. Now I haven't really been an American Horror Story fan. I've watched a couple seasons and um, not full all sitting at one time. Usually it was you know on recorded on DVR that I got caught up and so forth. But um, it's just it's amazing that anthology shows continue to be. The, the new thing um so you have american horror story uh, american crime story um even our own um lrm exclusive uh dark web is you know michael nardelli one of the executive producers has come out and basically said that they're going to go with if they do you know moving forward with another uh season of uh dark web it will be more anthology based and so um what do what is your preface mark do you kind of like the the anthology thing where you basically you don't have to know like keep up with season by season you can just pick up you know off in season three or do you like the linear timeline stories
1: i think i like the linear more just i mean i'm probably used to it Uh uh-huh just with i mean i don't even like teaching what i teach and everything like i'm just used to very linear type of stories yeah um, not that I'm opposed to the anthology, but I like when s- seasons build off of each other. You know, um, like, that's why I like season five of Arrow so much is because it's built off of season one and two of Arrow. You know what I mean? Right, Like, yep. I, I like that of the, the constant progression um, and leading towards something else um kind of gives it a little bit more sense of completion for me right um but i'm not opposed to the anthology kind of um, uh series or method either
0: yeah i mean i'm i'm kind of like i really got into american crime story when it was the oj uh simpson yeah. trial i really i got into that one i love that and i almost wish it was like a, a third or second season of that you know third season because right. it was just it was so good but i you know, I'm starting to turn into that person that really likes the anthology series because it's—I don't have to know the background behind it. I don't have to come into it knowing, you know, oh, this is fourth season. Um, I need to know what this character and this character do. It's just kind of like it's starting over again. And so, um,
1: yeah. And I yeah. mean, from that perspective, like it—it it does make it easier to pick up and enjoy it rather than like I have no clue what I'm watching. And that I think for me is a reason why I haven't gotten into some series is cuz like I, at this point I'm like okay well I'm too far behind to be able to catch up. Right. Um but when I do have a series that I enjoy, that's what I like about it is how it kind of builds on each other.
0: Right. All right. So that basically nails up all uh, everything from the TCA the winter tour um and kind of sets us up going into um the spring season of television shows. All right, so now besides the normal shows that we watch of you know Supergirl, Flash, Arrow, Legends of Tomorrow, um, what is the show that you're looking forward to the most, either coming back, or um, or that's going to be brand new?
1: I mean, it's not going to be any any surprise, but it's Prison Break. Prison obviously, Break obviously for me, obviously, yeah. Um, I just like I said, I I if anyone listening out there has never watch the series you you have to you have to watch it you just it's it's a must i guarantee you you, you watch one episode you'll be hooked um i am excited for uh 24 I, 24 I, legacy yeah yeah i want to see what they do with that um i was a fan of the 24 um series uh, i just i'm interested to see what they do to see if they can make it similar but yet different. You know what I mean? Right. Um So yeah, I'm I'm interested to see what they do with that. What about you?
0: I um, I'm with you on 24 Legacy, but I kind of uh I I gotten hooked uh this year um in the fall season on Designated Survivor with Kiefer Sutherland. How uh, oh, yeah, you know the you know person who is the head of um housing and um what's the I forgot the actual official title to it but how he ends up becoming president of the United States and it becomes this whole conspiracy it's a conspiracy theory movie and stuff or show and every week I mean it just hooks me in a little bit further and further so I kind of want to I'm invested now I want to know what it's going to be like here what the, the finale is going to bring into this so definitely 24 Legacy I'll watch and probably be hooked on that show but then also a Designated Survivor um, but then I'm, you know I think we can all say that we're all looking forward to, you know, our regular shows coming back. Absolutely. Uh, Yeah. All right. Now, the conversation you and I have kind of been waiting on for like two weeks now is (laughs) we started it, you know, last episode and it kind of, we had to take a little break because of technical difficulties, uh, getting new equipment and upgrading software. But now we finally get to talk about is why do video game movies fail and last episode we talked about how, really brief, quick, briefly, how Assassin's Creed has kind of just not been a success story that it, that everybody thought it was going to be. Um, and so it kind of dived right into that trend of video game movies just don't do well in Hollywood at all. There's some that do, there's few, but the majority of them, in a nutshell, are just not good movies at all. And the ones that actually do well, box office wise, still aren't critically acclaimed. So let me i'm going to start off with you mark cuz I, I don't even know how to get my thoughts around this um yeah so in your thoughts kind of why why video game movies just not with the success of comic books the success of star wars star trek getting a reboot i mean it seems like everybody's into this brand but why why are video games always getting left behind
1: so to me i feel like there it it depends on the type of video game first um it, it can be difficult to adapt a video game storyline, mm-hmm. I feel. Um, so I feel like a lot of times what people either run into, it's a movie using video game characters that actually have nothing to do with the movie itself. Right. If you're looking at, like, Mario Brothers or Street Fighter, or something like that. Um, or they try and stick re- almost too close to the plot that works in a video game but not for a movie like if you look at um like mortal Kombat stuck to pretty much the game and you know it was fairly for when it came out in 95 like that was a fairly decent movie you know i mean i think
0: i think it holds up over time i don't think it's critically sure. amazing but it definitely holds right. up
1: and you know what they did they fought and it was difficult because they took a, a a fighting game but they adapted the plot and it fairly much worked. And when they came out with the sequel more combat annihilation in uh, 97. Oh, that was horrible. It, yeah. Because then they pretty much just took the characters, but tried to make its own plot with it. And it just, it, it just didn't work out. So I feel like sometimes what they try and do is take the characters and make their own plot. And it just does not pan out. Right. Um, or I just I just don't know if you have the same type of audience. You know, I think there's a difference between people who like to play video games. Um, but I don't know. I, I don't see the same transition that's like, hey, I like this video game. Oh, I would love for this video game to be a movie. Um, if that makes sense. Yeah, like, like the only I mean, one I mean the, uh, for like me, I can think of yeah.
0: is, is like being like, Hey, this is this has actually worked out being going to the movies so Resident Evil. Um, right uh-huh. It hasn't been a box office major success, but it's held up I mean we're it's what six movies in now and the final one is uh, you know the final Resident Evil movies coming out and that's it you know uh, right
1: so, but, I mean even there with Resident Evil what do you have though? I mean you have this idea of you know this, this plague and this zombie apocalypse. yeah right and, and that's fine because that's great that's holding up right now and what did they use? they use the characters and the basic plot um, to as kind of um, to influence most of the movie but right. they could still have their own they don't try and make it the video game like verbatim
0: right that's a smart move that they did was and, that they basically the the only things that really stuck from the um, video games to the movie were just basically Two, three characters. Everything else was just right. created based off of the
1: idea what yeah, made exactly. Resident Evil. Right. You have the Umbrella Corporation. You have right. all this. So it makes sense. So I think where the video game movies fail, they either ha- they either try and make it exactly like the video game, verbatim. Kind of like Doom. Or right, like Doom, exactly. Or all oh, the the third person. And yeah, all the, third, the first person um, scene where they start shooting. I oh, was like,
0: yeah. wow, this can't get any worse. And uh, sure enough, it
1: does. Of course it does. Um, And or you have the um, the opposite where it's so loosely adapted from the video game that it doesn't work either. You know, it's like you need a balance. Like if you look at Street Fighter, right, with the original one in 94, like that was that was just the characters used in a movie that had nothing to do with really any sort of plot for Street Fighter, you know. Um so I think I think there it needs to be a balance that I don't think a lot of the movies really get right. I think it's easier when it comes to like comic books or graphic novels because there's so much source material out there. Right. right? Uh, you look at Nolan, he pulled from so many different um different storylines, different characters. You know, it's even the the Joker that either he used or even the one that Jared Leto or Jack Nicholson or anyone really they it's not just one you know there's it's kind of a a combination of different ones and you don't really have that luxury a lot of times with video games because it's like one or two video games or sometimes more but you know exactly. not you don't have as much depth with it i don't think
0: Yeah i mean so let's let's kind of just briefly look over a history of video game movies okay so yep. you have assassin's creed which not a box office flop, but just didn't um, didn't do as well as everybody predicted it would be. Warcraft, which is considered a flop. Uh, Angry Birds movie. Now, so, th- this is the debate with Angry Birds is that, is it a video game movie and was it a success? Technically, I consider it a video game movie since it was, you know... One of the first mobile device video games out there, um, but was it an almighty success? I don't think so because it was right. geared towards kids. It didn't do bad at the box office, but it wasn't memorable. It's not like a, a Finding Nemo or Finding Dory. It wasn't like Zootopia. It wasn't like find, uh, Secret Life of Pets. That basically those Finding Dory, Secret Life of Pets, and Zootopia annihilated Angry Birds. So for a video game movie. It finished fourth in the children's world, which is basically, might as well finish last. Um, Right. You know, and just kind of some older ones. So, Tomb Raider, you know, with Angelina Jolie, did spin off to a sequel, right? Um, Was a success, but I think it's merely because of who the actress was. And that was Angelina Jolie, Jolie, kind of similar to the Sylvester Stallone, Arnold Schwarzenegger effect in the 80s, in the uh, 90s movies that they had. Right. Street Fighter with Jean-Claude Van Damme was horrible. Mortal Kombat was decent or not decent but was good. It's yeah, held the its time. Yep, the original. But the second the sequel was absolutely awful. Garbage. Um then you have movies that uh, off of video games that were popular video games but not super popular. Um like Alone in the Dark, Hitman, yeah. um you know, DOA Dead or Alive, Silent, Silent Hill. Hill, um you know, Prince, of, Prince Persia. of Persia need for speed. Um, oh, Double Dragon. Double Dragon. Well, that's that so that's bad. an older one. So I think Double Dragon <laughs> is Yeah. That yeah so bad, that's that was an ultimate game. It was one of the toughest games of all time, but it was definitely yeah. worth it. Um, but like Max Payne with Mark Wahlberg. Oh gosh. You know, um Wing Commander. I mean, that was just so that Wing Commander was a popular PC game in the 90s, but man, did that movie flop in the theaters? Um, and it's just horrible. Well, I mean, that was just one of the worst movies ever made. Uh, Blood Rain, um, Far Cry. You know, it's these games are popular, but not super popular. But they try to make movies that are blockbusters and doesn't work out. Um, there's, you know, some movies that are successful, but not based strictly off video games. So you have Tron and Tron Legacy. You know, Tron, the original you know, even though the, the graphics are way outdated, still the storyline is it it holds up. Um Tron Legacy I enjoyed. I know a lot of people weren't fans of it, um, but uh, I can definitely sit down and watch it. Um but then Wreck It Ralph, which was um a Disney Pixar movie, uh, I believe. Uh Pixar was it and that was a success, but it wasn't based off an individual video game. Um uh Scott Pilgrim was kind of a Not a big box office success, but it's held its own over time, and it's based off of comic book slash video game, you know, lifestyle. Um, But to me, the one that I know this is going to, you know, age me right here, and probably the younger millennials will be like, what the hell are you talking about? But I think the best video game movie of all time is
1: The Wizard. Oh, it's such a good movie.
0: Yeah, and that's not even it's it not based so off of, of individual video game. Exactly. But the Wizard so was unbelievable. It made Super Mario Bros. three the I mean, ultimate game of all time.
1: Well, it was such smart um it was just such a smart way to bring in people and advertise. I mean, so you have this movie which it's promoting the crap out of all of its products. First oh, without all, a doubt. Right? Like, you know, you have this kid who is, I, I, he lost his sister, I believe it was, right? Yep. And so, you know, he's pretty, you know, just, he's almost a recluse, really. But he loves, you know, playing video games, and he's awesome at it. And, you know, you see all sorts of video games from, they're playing, uh, christian slater and the dad remember they're playing ninja turtles at the yes hotel. yep and they're playing um you know there's ninja kaiden on there they're playing all these games and then they meet that one kid i forget his name it was he the glove. power glove
0: that glove and, was garbage but that movie no, so made every kid want to have the glove
1: exactly well that's the thing because this kid who was so good at it you know what a way to promote nintendo oh you know without a doubt. Like, it was so awesome and then at the very end like, here's the thing. This what hadn't even been in, like, Nintendo Power or anything else at that time. And, you know, this, what was it, 89, I think? Yep. Um, yeah. so Yeah, 89. Yeah, so, you know, it's not like the internet is this, you know, what it is now. Um, and so you have, at the very end, there all these kids who are so good at playing video games, they're going to, the top three are going to play this game that no one has played before. And sure enough, they unveil... Super Mario Brothers 3, which is one of the best Nintendo games of all time, let alone like this was the first time people got to see it. So then people are coming to the movie just to see like this almost extended commercial right, of the video game.
0: That basically with without the video game even being out, kids wanted that video game. That was the best commercial and best promo piece ever. Um, and the storyline was hilarious. I mean, you could never get away oh, yeah. with it today where you have – Three kids literally like on their own hitchhiking their way to Orlando for a Nintendo contest, right? And, you know, it's just never, you know, that would be Fred never, Savage, yeah. Fred Savage, of course, was the ultimate um 80s leading man of uh, oh. of all time. So,
1: you know, it's funny. I'm looking at the post report right now, right? I didn't realize this. So, they have the kid on like their shoulders. If you uh-huh. look closely, Fred Savage has the power,
0: power glove on, and look. So the Power Glove, Nintendo knew was garbage. They knew that the Power Glove would not work on majority of TVs because for those of you who don't know what the Power Glove uh, was, it was Nintendo's way of having some sort of like virtual reality without the goggles. Like you could just, instead of sitting there with a... the basic controller, you could ha- wear this glove and you could play video games like Mike Tyson Punch Out and what was it Rad Racer and act like Rad you were racer, driving yeah, the car and stuff like that. And it would keep your motion control. But imagine motion control in the '80s—how glitchy that is going to be. <laughs> and they were able to—I think it retailed for one twenty-nine or one. I remember it was some ridiculous price because my parents wouldn't buy it for me um, if you were able to find it. in so. The people that actually were kids were able to get it, you would go over to their house and try to play, it, and it was horrible. They were the reception the reception on it was absolute garbage, and so ended up everybody ended up throwing away. But it's now one of like the most coveted items in Nintendo collectibles, and if anybody has it with the box intact and everything, like that you can get a couple. We of tried it other.
1: on so many games. First of all, we tried to land the plane in Top Gun. Oh, that's hard, and it's impossible with the. Which Control is just the regular controller. the plane? Yep. Let alone with the power glove. We tried that on so many things, and yeah, you could like barely jump, and you were getting lit up by everything known to man on there. So.
0: Oh yeah, I mean it was, it was garbage. But that movie made it so much more. Like everybody wanted that movie, or wanted that uh, that glove after. It was something Absolutely. else. Absolutely. Like that was just the smartest marketing so to me that's the best video game movie and it's not even based off of a video game so uh, they did a war games was too yeah war games was similar was that a was that a video game i
1: forget
0: it wasn't a video game it was basically the concept of um is it matthew broderick was the Yeah. yeah it was a young matthew broderick and he was a He basically hacked into uh, NORAD and thought he was playing a video game and actually was controlling, you know, uh, the Cold War nuclear war race and stuff like that. Yeah,
1: that's right. It was hilarious. Yeah, that was a little bit like – I just remember seeing it a couple times. But I thought it was pretty good for – you know, especially for the time period of what it was. But see, that's the thing. If you look at the movies that are deemed fairly successful, they're not the plot of a video game. You know, it's, yeah, it has video games in it, but it's not the plot. From right, the
0: exactly. Game. And I think that's how, the like, in the future, if you're going to do video game movies, you do something either like Resident Evil, where you take the concept and just, you give it the title, but you don't give it anything, you know, directly 100% related to the video game. And also, you go the way of, like, The Wizard and War Games and, like, Scott Pilgrim versus The World, where there's video game qualities in it
1: um see that's why i you know i've told you this numerous times that's why i think like a legend of zelda movie would work that yeah because you have first of all you have you know lord of the rings and the hobbit series and all of that which have obviously worked um which it's similar to that but then you taking to consideration it almost has like a I almost wanna say like a Percy Jackson Harry Potter aspect to it as well. But you have so many games to choose from out there that you can use the characters and make a story that's influenced by those, but it doesn't have to be like the game itself. Without a a specific game itself.
0: Yeah, definitely. I think you're right on that. Like it basically can be its own Entity, and I think it would work really well. I think Zelda is one of those unique video games that everyone that was born in the eighties, nineties, and two thousands know. It's one of those games that mm-hmm. have kept up against Nintendo. Keeps reviving it, and it comes out be- better and better each year. But I think Nintendo's yeah. so protective over that property that they don't want to get get it in the same talking, you know, category of Super Mario, where the game was amazing, but the film is one of the worst of all times. So
1: I think with Super Mario a couple things. One, I think it was just a bad time. I mean, 93, you know, like the graphics weren't really great. Um but it's also a hard story to tell. <laughs> you oh, know, yeah, mean? without a doubt. I mean, you have plumbers who are fighting goombas and I, I just think it's it's hard to you
0: know what it reminds of it? me of when I when I have seen it a couple of times over the past couple years. It reminds me is an attempt on on the success of Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles the movie. Remember, it is it's, it's uh, kind of yeah. a similar format. Um, yeah, but it just was it was poorly produced, rushed. You can tell just by watching it that this movie was basically rushed to take a, take advantage of the Ninja Turtle phenomenon. And that's what just killed right. it. I think if they took yep. their time with it and waited on it, people would have still went to go see it no matter what. But it was was not good. Um,
1: I like and, the tagline for it too. It's Super Mario Brothers. This ain't no game.
0: Oh my gosh! And you want to, so <laughs> Nintendo? I feel so bad for it because it's got Super Mario Brothers the movie, and then if you go on Netflix, they have on Netflix the Super Mario Brothers TV show. Now, oh, the dude, cartoon, all the, time. the cartoon's not bad at all, but if you go back and watch the actual... Oh, so, it was bad. an intermix of the live Super Mario oh, yeah. Brothers with the cartoon show. Oh, my God. The live show is horrible. Oh. Aren't they always
1: eating, like, pasta yeah, stuff? So yeah. Like, you look because, back and it's, it wouldn't have flown today. No,
0: without it. It was the typical, let's make fun of Italians, you know, eating pizza and pasta nonstop. And, <laughs> you know, hey, Luigi, what's going on yeah, with yeah, you stuff? Yeah. Oh, my God. it's It's politically incorrect in so many ways but here's it's, where yeah, I'm pissed the cartoon in. was awesome though. yeah the cartoon was great and here's what i'm pissed at netflix is that they don't have the legend of
1: zelda episodes in there oh, see because every friday friday exactly zelda was you on. want
0: to talk about like making my friday was getting absolutely. home from school and watching the legend of zelda cartoon show oh yeah that to me made my my week right there and then when they canceled oh, it basically a little part of me died
1: oh yeah absolutely
0: um but, you know, so if you had to put money, if you had to produce a movie right now, video game quality, would you say it's safe to say you would probably try to get Legends of Zelda?
1: Absolutely. I think it's, it's the here's the thing, I think it's the easiest and the safest bet for what, one, what we mentioned before, but it's too, like you said, like, if you grew up with Nintendo, Super Nintendo, Nintendo 64, the, you know, GameCube, Wii, whatever there it like Zelda's been across all of those different systems, right? Right. It's it's I mean, ga- you know, even any of the Game Boys, Game Boy whatever, any of the handheld devices. It's been on there. Like people still know what it is. It's one of the most well-known games. And because it is I guess if you're looking at tone like a Lord of the Rings or something like that, you know, you get the right budget and the right graphics and this and that, and I think it, it could definitely work and bring in a, and bring in a, a good crowd.
0: Right. I, I See, I'm with you on it, but I, I still think it's a gamble. And if I was producing a show or a movie, let's – And I've got to pick a video game franchise, and I want people to go see it. I think you're right. Zelda would be the one that a lot of people would go see. Um, I just don't know if you, like, the pressure of maintaining a good or great Zelda movie would be so high. It's almost like, you know, when J.J. Abrams said that when he was asked to do Star Wars, the pressure was so big that he, you know, at first he said no to it. I just, I don't think you could live up to that hype. So if I had to choose a franchise, I'm doing something similar, a safe bet, but I'm not going to go for the box office smash where I think everyone's like, like families are going to go see, but I'm going to go kind of the rated R version where we're going to dominate the R ratings and that would be call of duty. I think that there's enough of a crowd. And I don't have to follow, like, I don't have to stick with a set character base. I can just call it Call of Duty and just have a ton of guys blow up stuff and shoot guns and have some sort of Yeah, I
1: mean, you have a a war movie in in essence. Right, and
0: just call it Call of Duty, you know. And we could do the Advanced Warfare, Modern Warfare, you know, Black Ops, anything like that. And you're basically. Nazi zombies. Nazi zombies. I mean, come on. It would work. I just, I think that's a safe bet to go um if 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 i'm putting my eggs in a basket you know and i i got to produce a top of the line you know movie i think i go that
1: route yeah that's a good idea i didn't even think of that but yeah you know especially like i said it could be you know, warlike, anything like that, and especially, or, you know, I kind of said it in a joking way, but you think about Nazi zombie, I mean, zombies are obviously huge. Yeah. You have the whole, you know, walking dead. I mean, it, it's not really, you know, it, it probably wouldn't be that bad, to tell you the truth. No, not at all. I mean, you, you could do... Yeah, a- there's not as much pressure either, like you said. Yeah,
0: I mean, you could definitely do just a simple zombie-esque, you know, Call of Duty movie, and it would work, you know, I I think, but I mean, that's just me, um, so, well, I mean, it basically wraps up our show for this week, I think we, you know, we've kind of answered it, but at the same time, not really answered how we would make video game movies better, and why they fail, but it's always still good talking about it, um, so, Uh, Until next show, um, where we should be back into the swing of things with TV shows, getting back now from their winter break. um, Make sure you check out our other podcast, Los Fanboys podcast, with um, Joseph and Mario, how they cover all the major film news and television news uh, from the previous week. Make sure you uh, catch up on Comic Uno's uh, weekly roundup that she posts. She does a video podcast, so, you know, she has... Great stuff that she talks about. And if you're interested in other things besides the generic Marvel and DC stuff, make sure you check out her podcast because she does do a lot of the other stuff that maybe we don't cover a lot of in our podcast or say Los Fanboys. Um, Check out Edward Douglas's Weekly Warrior um, where every Wednesday he gives his thoughts and reviews about the movies that are coming out. He also posts a ton of interviews that he gets lined up. I mean, the guy is working nonstop um, and just interviewing... uh, Directors, actors, producers—anybody he can talk to, he will talk to. He's that type of guy, and he, you know, has a lot of great interviews lined up. So make sure you, uh, you check out his articles and all the other great articles from our writers. Whether it's Tim Josma covering all the WWE events or Gigpada covering all the excess um, indie films that are out there, um, and all the other major news that takes place, and just kind of support LRM any way you can. Um, we're looking forward to a great 2017. If you haven't signed up for our newsletters, go and sign up because that's how we're going to do our giveaways this year. Instead of just the generic giveaways of posting it on the website, we're going to give it to our readers who actually come to our website and not just people who say that they're here but they just come for the giveaways and then they bounce and go to somewhere else. So we're going to reward the people that are dedicated to LRM online. Um, We'll be hitting up all the comic conventions, Mark and I will, this year along with Emmanuel. Gomez um and Jason you know trying to get to as many conventions as possible to see you guys and listen to what you guys think about you know our um website our podcasts and everything um oh I forgot about nine panel grid make sure you check out nine panel grid so it's a newer podcast we just started up I I don't know why it slipped um but check them out make sure if you're definitely into the comic book realms and stuff like that Emmanuel and Jace give such great info and insight on the weekly comic book uh Uh, picks of the week and so forth that you definitely want to watch them so um that's it for me uh and mark this week you know just keep watching tv guys that's the the best thing about it right now we're in we're in the height of television where we have access to tv any which way we want so um until next time we'll see you guys later
1: see you